Banter. This is Amberly with Sarah Kim and Martin and today we are continuing with part two of our discussion on Dune. So if you have not listened to that first part definitely go back and give it a listen and then come back and join us here. Um, we last left off discussing Paul in all of Paul's expensive glory. So I think now we'll discuss Jessica. You guys want to discuss Jessica and your feelings on her? Like, Alright let's go to Jessica. Yeah. How did you guys feel about Did you like Jessica? Did anyone like Jessica, I guess, should be the start. <laughs> I like Jessica better this time than I did the first time I read the book. Again, I was very male-centric when I was reading as a young adult. Um, and so I, I found her to be very... Uh, not very motherly. I, no, I, she I, is not motherly. I, I, I didn't really understand the... I will go into a stupid phrase, the needs of the many outweighing the needs of the few and, mm -hmm. and the Bene Gesserit's um, long-term goals. I, I, I didn't, wasn't able to grasp that the first time I read it. I like her better this time. I understand more of the certain things have to happen in society and in history. And, and sometimes you have to sacrifice in order to make that happen. Well, I found interesting about Jessica is it was clearly a uh, nurture versus nature kind of situation um, in the fact that she was not raised with nurturing, so she didn't have the capacity to then offer nurturing. She was very much a product of where she was raised and how she was raised and the level of, I'm going to say abusive control that the Bene Gesuits had over their... Each other. Each other. Um that then she carried that on to her son um, because she very much raised, and, and it's, I think the closest it comes to it is Paul gets emotion, most of his emotional like interaction actually with his father. And but even it's, then, it's, it's very I limited. would actually say it was more from the, the like Duncan Idaho. Yeah, yeah, he got more of that. From yeah. his, well, and I think that's nurtured from how Leto interacted with his bent. And right. so they extended Leto's love to his son. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was necessarily a direct correlation because obviously being a duke, he has a certain level of I must be, I am the leader. Um, and I must raise this one to, to be, be the leader. A leader. And also I think it mentioned too that he didn't get a lot of time alone with like his dad. Yeah. 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 Um, but like Jessica has, like, like she's driven to protect him. Like the motherly protective instinct is there. But at the same and a time, level of ego that is just crucial. Oh, because she amazing. thought she could create this 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 being. Yeah. yeah. She she thought she had the skill set to train him. She thought she had the skill set to go completely against. Like talk about the ultimate rebellion against your family. <laughs> the Reverend Mother said, You weren't supposed to do this, and she said, I did it, and now I got a daughter. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get what you want. <laughs> um, I just... Yeah. And yeah. I didn't feel bad for her that Leto did not marry her. He clearly loved her. Did not feel bad that she did not get what she wanted, which was to be married to him. I don't... I didn't get that she wanted it. I think she understood the politics behind it all along. Because that's... I mean, she was in, imposing those same politics on Paul... Up until yeah. the very, literally very, very end, the very, very end, she was like, "You can't, you can't marry Channing." Oh. Do we say Channing? I can't, uh, I don't know Chani? how Chani Chani is it. Chani. Okay. Chani. Um, but they'll remember us as wives. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. 
<laughs> if you if you just jumped in and have not listened to the first part, I'm not the biggest fan of this book and some of the choices, although we've magically yeah, discussed all of the ways that it's good. So go back and listen. <laughs> but ugh, I, that ending just I think I think the ending could have saved it for me in terms of increasing my likability, but the whole, you know why we must not do this, and her forcing her like perspective onto a yet another generation so that we're continuing that generational abuse. Um Yeah, that's the whole like series, I think. It's kind of No, it's just like watch this why I have no desire to read more of them. Um Well d- don't bother. They're yeah. Doom Messiah and Children of Doom are not great. Did you ever read them? They're not great books. It's very confusing. Because um, I went, I tried to read them and it was just like, what the fuck is this? What's happening here? Yeah. I kid you not, I probably once a week touch one of the Doom books. Really? At, At the library, yes. I, I, Which obviously now my hours are... You're like, that's weird and I'm all aglow. Yeah, I know, you're like, we're reading it. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, every week I touch a Dune book because either someone's picking it up or having returned it. Good. And it's not just Dune, it's Messiah, all of them. And I'm just like, oh, look, there's another Dune book. Which means it still is... I read an article because, again, you know, we, we research yeah. one, once we're reading or during our reading. And one of the things that Herbert was, like, avidly against was cults. And yet he has developed a cult following in his books. And he's and when asked about it, he, he doesn't even respond, just shakes his head. Because some people are going to get it. The masses aren't. So, there gotta, you go. I gotta share something. I know this, I say this in the most loving way. I'm not surprised how much you like Frank Herbert in terms of his writing and stuff. He never got a degree. His son said that he just liked to jump around and learn what he wanted to learn, and he didn't want to be bothered I, with the core requirements. I, I do want to be clear. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I do want to be clear. Frank Herbert is not my favorite author. Okay. Not even up there. Okay. Well, you said this is one of your favorites. This is one of my favorites. Sorry. Books. The author, this is the only thing I've ever read. By. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, Frank Herbert, I <laughs> He didn't give, read, he didn't write really anything yeah, else. I, yeah, Frank Herbert, honestly, as an author, I could give two shits about. I don't, okay, I, don't care. I just, when... My absolute favorite author went to Brown, was a professor, and wrote like 400 okay, books. Okay. In, in <laughs> I, was, I just like, I, I read that. He, and I was he wrote like, like 400 this... non science fiction and, and, books on. And I will life. say. Like your philosophy in life is let me learn what I want to learn, screw what society says I have to learn. And I will say. I didn't read the Foundation series when I was a kid at all. Mm-hmm. The Foundation series helped me like this book, Dune, a hundred times more. No desire to touch <laughs> Oh, no, you wouldn't like Foundation at all if you didn't right. like Dune. You would not get past the first book. You, no. you probably wouldn't like Foundation. I, Robot, you would probably like. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think um, There are right. a number of books by Asimov that ultimately, Asimov, just like in his... his... Did he... He's not the author of um, I Dream of... No, no, you're thinking of... Um, Do Android Stream of Life. Yeah. yeah. Andrew, uh, um, Philip K. Dick. Yeah. Philip okay. K. Dick. Okay. Which, good God, that man cannot write an ending to a book. He just <laughs> lets it go. I, that's my... Oh, yeah. I he just stops. And like, what was that? You're supposed to derive your... No, book. it's every book he writes. <laughs> That's his but, uh, but no, I, that, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't say Herbert is even remotely up there. No, but there was. I just when I when I saw this, I was like, yeah, he just believed in just researching what he was interested in. So he has an honorary degree. He doesn't have a legitimate. And I was like, that seems like your philosophy in life. Is like, I I could get a degree, but like yeah, I just I learn say, what I want to know. I'm gonna say that I do specialize very heavily in my career field. No, 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 not, not talking about your your career field, just in terms of your interests. You're you're like. Yeah. You know, I'm just gonna learn what I want. You know a lot of shit about a lot of things. I know yeah. a lot of shit about a lot of things, but 
I, I'm not gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not gonna, like. I'm the the place like, like don't, don't, don't take this wrong. Gonna, I just. Gonna, 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 I mean, you're rolling up your sleeve. She was rolling up his sleeve. But yeah, it. it so anyway, back to Jessica. No, oh. she she's not a she's not a pleasant character. No, and she's not meant to no. be a pleasant character. I don't think women in this book, if we're gonna go there, are meant to be pleasant characters. Chani, Chani, remind me again, Chani. She's not meant to be a pleasant character. She, she. Um, I will say there's a moment where she says something, and I went, "Oh, that's why they cast Zendaya." She mm-hmm. said something, and I, I could. Most of the time, I wasn't like visualizing the movie. I could hear it. In and I Zendaya's hope they, voice. I hope they move forward and re, re expand upon that character because yeah. she she had tremendous potential yeah. and because it was written in the nineteen sixties, yeah. they sent her to the south to raise children. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the part where she like where she's in the movie, like that character is already very different from the one that's in the mm-hmm. book. So yeah. it's it'll be interesting to yeah. see. But there there was there. a line where I read it and I went, it it was Zendaya's voice in my head. I went, that's why they cast her that line right oh, there. Oh, she's going to be, down. she's going to, especially, all over me. especially if they expand upon the character, which most modern retellings of, of questionable books. I mean, ultimately, if you're going to do a retelling of any book, you should, you, you should, you should be examining the book and, you know, thinking about it. And, and, and sticking to the basics, and you need but, a, you need, not maybe only modernizing that, modernizing a little bit, but also you need to look at the medium and realize that, you can't just tell Dune the book yeah. as a movie. It just doesn't work. So I have a question because mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because of the time jump in the book or because I just didn't process it. I was expecting to actually have like, and I'm going to say it wrong, Chani. Why do you keep looking? Chani <laughs> is what I think. I mean, okay, that's okay. what they say in the movie. But, yeah. Um, I felt like we were getting to that point where we were going to have Chani showing Paul how her people truly function, that we were going to develop this romance a little bit, that, like, it was going to allow him the immersion, and I felt like we were hinted at it, and then suddenly I was at book three. And I don't know if it's because I just blacked out most of No, no. <laughs> or no, if you really truly no, did that. It, it, then they cut off to, like, stuff, I think, with the Harkonnens and, like, Count Fenring and stuff like that, and then... Two years later, he's... Okay. So I, I, this is my criticism, my big criticism of Dune. It tells, it does not show. Yeah. Okay. That the is... The ending, it, just, it felt very rushed near the end. It yeah, like, yeah. This is all the stuff that's happening, and also... Okay, yeah. so I was not no. crazy. And, and then, unfortunately, and, and yes, Chani should have been the one showing him all of this. And yeah. kind of did in the very, very beginning. Yeah. Um, but Stilgar is credited with Paul's upbringing yeah. um within Emergent. the within yeah, I the fremen think only emer- like the only time you see it is when he's does when he rides the worm for the first time it's like the only thing where it goes into detail about him. Him yeah freaking worm. yeah i think that was supposed to be the analog for him well and then himself. and then, yeah. Yeah, and himself then in the when he does when yeah. paul does ultimately do what the women do and and turn the water the the water in into water, water. Life. the water of life into into water um it's chani who actually figures out how to save him. His mother doesn't save him. Um, she's the one that comes in in her role and says, and that's the unfortunate thing. They don't expand upon what she does. And she yeah. has a specific title. She does specific things. 
and I, I can't remember the word. It's really... Sayadina? Yeah, yeah, something. Okay, I just want to know that I wasn't crazy. No, you weren't like crazy. Giant Honestly, that might have like actually made me like the book more, and I just didn't. I don't know that anything would have made you like the book more, quite frankly. Well, to, the ability to actually so, like invest in a character, yes, that yeah. would have. Uh, to, to, <laughs> I would say, to to Herbert's credit, to some degree. Is it better to have skipped over him immersing himself into a culture or to get into detail and do it wrong? Yeah. I honestly would not have wanted a lot of detail into detail. Exactly, because it might have gotten into some stereotypes. Exactly. So it's better to Uh, skip over and be like, there is a native culture, but we're not going to get too into detail about it because I don't want to offend anybody. And I don't need the whole YA, like, like just the whole training part where they... Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I just, like, I just... One, like I said, I thought I had like blacked out a whole bunch of it. Um, <laughs> what you did, you, I can tell when you when you came at me and said what happened with this time jump. You said he suddenly has two children. No, no, no I said ch- a child. No, you said children. I can pull up the text. I meant child. I meant okay. there are two children: the the daughter and then this the, the okay. But the he has two children that he acquired when he defeated and got. Ex- Jamis, yeah, Jamis is what I said. When he did, so he actually raised two young boys. Then he had his son yeah. Lido, and so I thought you were referencing those two boys. I'm like, they're not, they're not, they're not his technically. No, but yeah. once you defeat your enemy in their culture, you then assume their entire household to include raising these two boys. Yeah, no, I, I just like, I was just like, there's a time jump. There are children now. How old is he? What, what, like, I, I couldn't figure out a whole lot in time and then two years. years. Yeah, Sarah said two years. And I was like, oh, okay. I wasn't sure. I was like, like, two years. Like he and and Chani like instantly had sex and were conceived yeah. and and it's like, where was that? Like, when did they like commit to each other? Did they not commit to each other? And then we get to the end and she's just as concubine the entire time. And it's like, when, it's when his mother turned the water of life. When okay. she did the conversion, they then all drank from what she converted, mm-hmm. and they had an orgy. And they literally say orgy in the book. Um, she knows, Chani knows that he is going to be very susceptible, because he's very susceptible to the su- spice because of who he is. So she drags him off into the nether regions, and that's the first time they have sex. That's when they get together. Amber's like... <laughs> It uh, all went right by me. I think at that time it was the weird Jessica was uh, converting and this, she realized that she, it was going to affect her daughter, which yep. was in her. And like, then suddenly they were calling her reverend mother. And I was like, did she just superimpose? Did she, I don't know. I don't care. She became the past reverend mother, the current Re- reverend mother and the future reverend mother all in one. Cause oh, that's went. how that works. Jessica, reverend mother. But this is all religion and cults and 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 politics and as they say, soft science fiction. Yeah. I love this shit. Normally, I like soft science fiction. I, I like and, and it's and he's not saying the stuff that's happening is a good thing. Like, no, 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 totally no. It's like this is like this is even Paul. It's like he's just basically just taking the frame and using them for himself and. Realizing that realizing that this is all made up and that this was artificially put into their culture and that he is totally taking advantage of something that is complete nonsense. So that he can become but he's got no other choice because every time he tries to fight against it, something bad happens and now he's stuck doing the same thing again. So, and I I I keep thinking about this. I think my real struggle with it, and I think you hit on it last episode, is it's telling. 
I lock, let I lock, I like my, lock my soft science. I She's like, locked her science fiction in a closet. <laughs> that's what that sentence I was. I like my science fiction to be action driven, even when political. Because the thing I keep coming to, and Sarah's going to like heavily sigh at this moment, is I think of it compared to Red Rising. I soft science fiction it's a soap opera a space opera sorry um but breathe (laughs) (laughs) it's a soap opera (laughs) but in that it is character there's action in this book i felt like there was I wasn't immersed in the action. I was telling what were, did. There are what was things done. of action. There are points of action. But again, if you look at it in the in the composition of this book, those points of action were all points in Paul's life that forced him into the ultimate solution, which is him yes. becoming emperor of the universe. Yes, I just I like I look at this and I'm like, I know I like science fiction, and then I look at like I love Red Rising. Sarah does not, but that was not clear. <laughs> Um, maybe one day we'll read it just to, like, allow her to look at the look on her face. <laughs> hey, if I pick it, I couldn't even finish that one. I'm not, not the, not the second trilogy, I'm just talking about the first trilogy. But why would I want to reread the book knowing where it goes? What a <laughs> funny waste Anyway. And it's my life. Knife <laughs> <laughs> right through my heart. Um... <laughs> We're, yeah. we're twisting knives. Into yeah, yeah, into my heart. What's funny is I forced her to, well, not forced her, as a, birth, a birthday gift, Christmas gift? She did buy me special, like, Yeah, I had covers. read The Dark Age or whatever yeah, at that point, so. <laughs> but I mean, you wanted them. I did, I did. So I, I love them. <laughs> I have playing cards coming that are Red Rising. I have a Red Rising game. I... The game was kind of fun. So yeah. do we want to just stop doing and start talking about Red Rising? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Martin and I can go get something to eat or, you know, maybe start pouring the whiskey or something. You need to get something. some shit. Like, we can go. <laughs> I just, like I, like, I think of the comparison, and obviously one is modern, um, but I can see where the influence yeah, I mean, of doing like so, so what you said, in case somebody comes into this, you said I set, stepped on or stepped on this. I mentioned this in the previous episode in case somebody comes out. What I said was this is a lot of tell. It's no show. Yeah, yeah. And so for me, I there, I couldn't immerse myself into the book. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. I couldn't put my shoot. Shoes in the character. <laughs> Please don't put your shoes in the character. That's not very nice. Consent is important, Amber. Oh, walking around in Amber's little tiny boots. <laughs> Consent is important, Amber. <laughs> my brain's going faster than my mouth. Um, I couldn't put myself in the character's shoes. Oh, okay. That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, like, I didn't even know what phrase you were saying. <laughs> I was like, why are you making shoes at all? <laughs> I forgot about that particular thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about Paul's sister. Kalia? Yeah. 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 I don't like that character. 
I don't. I didn't like her the first time I read it. I didn't like her the second time I read it. Honestly, I mean, I liked her killing the Baron. Yeah. Like yeah. Honestly, I probably also didn't like that character because I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> she's the four-year-old that can speak like an adult but has a lisp. I. Completely... I don't understand how she's four. It Jessica was pregnant and then there was a two-year time jump. Oh, that character. That yeah, character. I mean, like, yeah. she was barely pregnant, and then there was a jump, so, like, she should have... I want to know how this inf- this fetus had a consciousness that she could acknowledge her mother when she, when she converted, when she, she had to have been, like, in just the egg splitting, or the cell splitting stages. How does she have a consciousness? Because this is soft science fiction and biology is not an okay. Okay. <laughs> not, okay. not an important part of it. Because, I mean, she... Starts at conception. I was going to say, you or maybe you know. I was going to say, we're going to get into those politics. <laughs> I, I genuinely, I think, because I've read a lot of hard science fiction. Go <laughs> on. I've read a lot of hard science fiction, and one of the reasons why I can enjoy this book is because you want to talk about dry... <laughs> <laughs> They'll throw math equations at you and like no content. You just have to like go, okay, cool. We're doing this now. So like, saw science fiction as someone who doesn't have a degree for uh, Mr. Herbert here, just going, I don't know. It, it's it was a, conscious thought. It, it was a baby. It was a baby. Like, it's not important. It so. was a baby. Yeah. It was just very small. I actually do wonder if maybe, it, I, okay, actually, Martin, is there some like Buddhist belief that was that could yes yes he was buddhist he did have buddhist influence when he was writing this um so maybe it's some weird like before life cycle conscious depth i don't know (laughs) nothing that screams to my mind immediately but possibly i mean it, it Cause I'm wondering if it's supposed to not necessarily be a weird like egg conception thing but maybe some spiritualistic like untethering not to my knowledge okay i'm okay, not the they, best they do believe in, the world. in in reincarnation yeah that, that, that's, that's the only so, thing that immediately so, struck my was reincarnation so that's why i was wondering yeah, if it's, yeah, it's yeah. more yeah. of a spiritual connection to the future consciousness if, if reincarnation is what he's going for with that then it's very poorly done <laughs> yeah but it, it, but it could maybe, then addressing the question i addressed it could be that the reason it if you take it from a buddhist point of view sorry i'm trying to formulate my thoughts or what jessica did enable okay. that okay so he in, knows what i'm in, trying to say in theory with the concept of reincarnation in buddhism with certain sects of buddhism that i don't mm-hmm. practice so that I'm, I'm pulling off of stuff that i'm not the most familiar with in theory the idea of reincarnation is that each reincarnation you are achieving something closer and closer to uh, to to nirvana. nirvana and so in theory your past life so if 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 her daughter's son was supposed to be the messiah she is the first reincarnation maybe leading up to the final reincarnation so it, she would be the next step lower from nirvana, nirvana. so i there is some yeah well and, and it's also possible if that's what's that going maybe, on it's very poorly done it's well, not that doesn't make a lot could, of sense to me but it yeah. also could be a possibility and again not none of us have knowledge on this because i did see an article as a discussion of the fact that he pulls on a mixture of buddhism and islamic 
And so I don't know if it's some weird or something. Well, actually, I think we're actually touching closer to Hinduism in doing this in the fact that you, every time you reincarnate, you don't come into it with knowledge of your previous lives, Mm -hmm. but you're supposed to be learning from this life. And if you do poor acts, you go back to a lesser being. If you do good acts, you go to a higher being. The problem with Buddhism and Hinduism, like Brahmanism, is they all pull from the same core religion. It's like like, uh, uh, um, the Abrahamic religions. They all are roughly pulling from the same same concepts. And so it gets a little muddled if you don't, if you're not following one specific Right, if you're not forcing yourself to... If you're not being a sect of a specific religion... It's going to be really muddled. But yeah. yeah, so I think that's what he's aiming for, is more of a religious undertone to that experience, not a physical, like, there's well, a true Jessica was, I know, I know. Jessica was clearly the religious um, component yeah. of this. Um, Sorry, my dog is whining at the door. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that, I think that's what that was going for. Uh, but no, I didn't, I, I, I don't like that character, I don't, I, I don't like the whole children knowing all and and being super knowledgeable just in their existence and and I think again that's a religious thing in in yeah. that you know from the mouths of babes and all of that and yeah. it's just like I, I, it's just not a thing that appeals to me. So do we have other characters that we haven't touched on yet that we want? to Well, discuss? we haven't touched the the well, we kind of mentioned them, but you know Gurney and and. Duncan Idaho and, and all of them, which I, I all of them were those are some of my favorite fantastic some characters. Of my favorite characters in the book. Um, and so, think, oh my god, the long con of um, I don't know how to say his name, how how it, how it, yeah, oh my god, he was he, but again, he's a computer, he mm-hmm. he is meant to be a computer, he's yeah. a human computer. His long con, he, I think he knew all along Paul was alive. No, he did. I mean, you think he did? You said no, I don't he did. Think he didn't. I don't think he did. <laughs> You don't think he thought Paul was alive? Was he alive or no? <laughs> I think he thought that they were dead and that he was just trying to get revenge. Okay, you think so? That's, that's what yeah. I thought of it. Yeah, it, I don't know. I thought he was amazing. I, I love a long con and he, man, he, he was... Is he the one that was angry at Jessica or is that a different yeah, one? Yeah, he thought Jessica was... The betrayer. Okay. The but he okay. was the one that was with the Harkonnens. Yeah, because okay. they poisoned. Um... And so the minute they stopped giving him the antidote, he would die. And they stopped giving him the antidote the minute he re- reunited with Paul. And so he oh, well, yeah, called the dive's arms. Once he was sent onto the he, planet. Yeah. It's that weird subset that the same guy who Mentat. actually died from the boat Mentat. poisoning. Mentat. Yeah. Yeah, Mentat. The computers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it was basically Herbert's conception of computers. Because yeah. that's yeah. early well, I mean, development of computers. There were no computers. They weren't. Right. Yeah. Cool. Was it the war that happened before? Uh-huh. Yeah. Going beyond even that, like, cool character, but also the concept of the Mentat has been done and redone and redone and redone since this. Uh-huh. I think it's in Red Rising. A lot, a lot of science fiction authors, <laughs> a lot of science fiction authors don't even bother to rename it. They will just yeah. straight up say, this is a Mentat because it, it's think, so I integral to... Pierce Brown calls them blues. Pilots. Yeah. It's, 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 it was a cool concept, and yeah. pretty much everyone in science fiction moving forward from then. It's, it's, this, this, is a, this is a trope now, and we can pull from this because it, it's, it's it's an cool. acknowledgement that the human body is a machine, mm-hmm. and 
and it's an outdated theory that we are not using all, all the percentages of our brain and so you know eventually we'll eventually tap into all of those percentages and we'll become but that's, is that's there su something super more a weird book where they sever the emotional side of the brain to tap into just the analytical part in order to use them as human I have no idea. I don't I don't know. Am, am I I don't know I don't know lobotomy is that the only thing that came to my brain. That, that specifically there is definitely been I swear I've similar read it. concepts. There's it's very good there's a very good possibility that that's yeah, I, I just didn't know if maybe you guys could remember the books. I'm, uh, I'm sitting here mm -hmm. thinking of a book that they essentially lobotomize portions of the brain in order to further tap into the analytical part in order to create them into human computers. Maybe look at this. Probably. Or it could just be one of my weird melatonin dreams. Who knows? Um, all we have to do is acknowledge that, you know, we've talked about these certain people out there. Elon Musk firmly believes that we will join with no oh, okay. join <laughs> join no, we've already lobotomized people. We're gonna join with Allergy. computers at, yeah. at some point. He, he, oh my god, I'm about ready to just lose my shit. <laughs> okay, I, can break, okay. I can break your nose for it. Uh, you would feel break. No, no, no. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's an avid belief of Elon Musk's, and he is. Again, not the lobotomies, but the. But, but joining with the versions. Oh, oh, he might be into lobotomies too. He's, he yeah. is a bit unusual. Oh my god. Okay, you guys keep talking. I'll be back. I gotta go to the bathroom anyway. I'm gonna go this way. I'm just gonna take a quick break then. Okay. I'll be back in just a moment. <gasps> So we'll go there. Let's discuss. Sorry. What? <laughs> okay. So we're, we're back. Um, we took a quick break. <laughs> you guys. Why are you laughing? I don't know. They make me feel fucking it's, old. She, it's, it's something no, that my reason, children do. The reason Amber's laughing is because she didn't tell you she was hitting record. And you were in mid-conversation. So she yeah. couldn't reintroduce the audience to the fact we're coming back in. Okay. So I, entirely unbeknownst to you, she made you look like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, it's my children's special <laughs> talent in life, is to make to be, me look to stupid. You could have just said, hey, we're recording now, everyone. <laughs> I, I pressed the button before, I thought we had paused, and I was like, okay, this is a good point to pick that up. Um, so we're starting again. My children have a superpower, it is humiliate their mother. All three of them have it in spades. Okay, so we were just, we're back. And that was not clear. <laughs> and the one thing that we haven't discussed yet that we want to discuss is the, I'm going to just call them the princess excerpts at the beginning of each chapter because I cannot for the life of me say honey. not all written by Princess Irulan. Are, almost all most of them are. No, not all of them. But most of them are. Different yeah. works. I Actually, I think she wrote them all, but some, some of them of are quotes that she pulled from people when she yeah, wrote. Yeah, yeah. We would that. have to go through every chapter to confirm oh. it. There may have been one or two that weren't her. But um, most of them were, which is why I was calling them the princess actors. It's books that she ha she yeah. wrote. Yeah. So, again, we'd have to go through it to <laughs> confirm yeah. for but sure. one way or the other, whether or not they were all written by her or most of them were written by her, I still to this day think it's one of the most brilliant uses of that trope because it is a very common trope in sci-fi to have those, those excerpts at the beginning of chapters to do, like, background world building and like just like this is just interesting parts oh. about the world that we can't get into in the book but like this is gonna pad out the world a little bit love hypothesis did it with the hypothesis at every yep. beginning of every yeah. chapter yep. honestly 
Yeah, but those weren't as, like... No, not as yeah. annoying, but, like, honestly, sometimes I feel like those are, like, spoiler alerts. Like, this is what's going to happen. Um, With this just, one, it does that. Yeah. The, the theme of every... Well, Love Hypothesis did it, too. It was, yeah. it was like, oh, yeah. don't fall in love. Whatever the weird hypothesis was right. that was going on. Um, and it almost, like, this is what the chapter's about. And so you could almost, like, jump around in the book and find what chapter you're trying to reference by reading that little expert and being like, oh, yeah, this is where that part happens. Yep. Um, like, annotations. But yeah. but ultimately, the brilliant thing I think this book did that I've never seen any other book do, mostly because this book did it really well and it'd be kind of weird to try and replicate it, is most of the time those excerpts themselves, while they might be like, this is the general theme of what we're talking about, or this is sort of like preempting you about what this chapter is going to be about, you can read all of those, or you can just read the fact that they're written by the same person, get to the last chapter, and one throwaway line completely re recontextualizes the entire end of the book. Yeah. Because they and don't... what line is that? I cannot remember the line <laughs> off the top of my head. It's either the the Reverend Mother, the, the original Reverend yeah. Mother, or it's Jessica, and I can't remember which. It must be the Reverend Mother. Um, says she likes to write. So that's what she will do. And I, yeah, it was it oh, basically... Oh, I to read, but... No, she she had a literary bent. I think it might have been okay. what was said. Yeah, but, but ultimately the, the the line to effect was them telling her that Paul is not going to pay any attention to you because that's not where his interest lies, and he's marrying you for entirely political reasons. And if you don't remember the fact that she wrote all those things, it's not said in such an explicit way that they're saying, "Hey, he's not going to pay any attention to you." It's mostly along the lines of, "Well, you better enjoy writing because." Get a hobby. But, Get a hobby. <laughs> but none. Yeah. But she knew. But she knew. Because she, because her father, the emperor was was arguing, and she's like, no. She touches him. No, father. This this is this is it. This is the way it's supposed to be. This I understand. Because she's a Bene, Gener Bene Gesserit. Also, she's been trained in this. She knows her role. This is who she's going to be. So there was no, oh woe is me. I'm going to be the you know the, yeah. the unloved, never touched. Wife it might honestly have been a relief. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like well, she knew she, she was going to be married off to somebody. Whatever, yeah. And would you want to be married off to Fayed or whatever his the 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 Fade Ralph or whatever. Yeah, the one that was going to inherit the Harkonnen line. Oh yeah. I don't think he would have been a very I mean, gentle to be person. Honest, as a woman, I just have zero desire to just be forced to be with someone in general, and that's yeah. what the Bene Gesserits were forced to do. Is yeah. Paired with whoever was beneficial for the good of all yeah. so i'm sure it was probably a relief like oh i don't have to be you're sexually active clear active creature yeah. i can just be go, present go write your books you're good yep you're good we're good and i can tell the history of the person who just changed the entire universe yeah, yeah. and if she had that leaning then fantastic for her that, yeah. that's go for it yeah great life um if that's what you want i will be honest though i can always read those little excerpts I'm oh, they're terrible. really, they're, they're really, really interesting. interesting. But I also don't think that you need to read all of them in order to get, yeah, what what they were going for. Because I think it was more. Although all three of us did read them, and she didn't read all of them, and, and we like the book, and you don't. Yeah. Well, but so what my read it again, and read all of them. I think, sorry, because I think I think reading it the first time, I didn't read all of them because it is such a common trope in science fiction, especially for a lot of science fiction I read, where it's like they're just sort of throwaway background stuff, where it's like I don't really care. Um, but I think the more important thing is that they were there and you're seeing her name over, over and, and over, over and over and you're going, oh wow, damn, this, this person, whoever this is, wrote a lot about 
Honestly, I just kept saying it, seeing it. I was like, I really hope this character actually use, gets used at some point. And then it was the very end. And I was like, well, screw you. I would have liked her sooner. I, I forgot until we talked. I forgot that she um, becomes Paul's wife. Mm-hmm. And I remember from reading it the first time, is this Paul's child? Yeah. And so... Who is this person to Paul? Yeah, this, yeah. This person, this person clearly... clearly is a connection to Paul. Why does she know Paul's life? so much and i also find it very interesting because she does get because there's quotes from but paul in there reference the emperor's daughter princess Irulan, like early on in the book they do they do but, but they don't okay, reference so it a lot the, so it's easy they say to... the emperor's daughter and there's a weird implication that maybe paul is the emperor it's, yeah it's because it's... she she gives uh, there's points because of the excerpt portions that i did read there's a, a personal tone to the understanding of who mwagadi is mwagadi um, <laughs> It's fine. Paul. There's, a pers- there's clear personal connection to Paul in the excerpts, but then there's also this weird warmth towards the Emperor, and it's hard to tell if the Emperor is supposed to be Paul that she's talking about yep. or if it's somebody else. And I think it's because you're supposed to wonder who she's supposed to be, so I think it was done on purpose. Um, See, I found it... I found it interesting when you get to all of this and you get to the end, and they're like, and all you're going to do is write is history... Yet, you've read all these histories, and he gives her very intimate information about his life. Mm-hmm. And, and despite the fact of the entire situation, you think about on the excerpts, none of it's negative. Yeah. None of it's negative. It's yeah, just she's... sort of like either warm or matter of fact of like, yeah. this is just how it was well, going. It kind of warns you that she's going to be okay with yeah. accepting yeah. her role. Exactly. And I just but think you, it's, it's interesting that you, you don't, don't know that until you get to the end. Mm-hmm. Until you get to the end. Also, if you didn't read any of the excerpts, yeah. you don't have enough context to know... How what happens after the book ends? Yeah. How yeah. does this relationship work out? How does how does all of this work? Yeah. If you haven't read those and realized that there's no there's no negative feelings here. Yeah. The book sort of ends before you get to that that bit where you can figure out what the relationship is going to look like. And so if you haven't read any of them, you Honestly, get, you end the book and you go, I don't I don't know what's I, happening afterwards. I read them, but I didn't actually like pay attention to the fact that it was Irulan writing them all the time. So yeah. yeah. Also, I feel like it's a reflection of all the relationships in this book, where it just keeps cutting off right as the relationships are about to develop, and we just kind of jump ahead and be told what the relationships are. Yeah, but I think it's a more interesting way to do it than they did with most of the other relationships, in that you were preempted to this entire relation. You have, you have. Oh no, no, I was saying all of the relationships feel like we were like told the potential and then jumped to the potential. And what I'm saying is, I think it's a more interesting way to do that exact same concept of like we're told that there's going to be a relationship, then we jump to what that relationship is, and that. We started the very beginning of the book, chapter one. We get we get this little excerpt, mm-hmm. and it's positive, 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 positive all the way through. Yeah. And then you jump into the past, effectively having read all those excerpts, and then you get to the beginning of the relationship. I also found it interesting so that still you still have that that same time gap, but it, you're preempted with yeah. the positive, and then get the beginning. I also found it interesting that um, Paul is talking throughout the entire book how he's trying to prevent what's going to happen. But we're reading in these little excerpts that it is going to happen. happen. Um, And it's like, well, we know he doesn't succeed yet. You keep wanting him to succeed. He's succeeding. So it's, yeah. Yeah. I found it interesting. Okay. So first off, does anyone have any quotes? No. Okay, so no. (laughs) <laughs> have you read the book in three years don't have any quotes I, know you <laughs> I highlighted things when I was reading it but nothing that was like quoting um, it, and I've mentioned most of them is you know kind of like 
how concept. it addresses the 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 fact that a, a, a tripod uh, anything isn't going to work. I mean, you could and... do the whole litany, but with here's the mind killer. Oh yeah, oh. I did highlight that one. I like that one. <laughs> that's actually on our my our books is we have at the very front it says fear is the mind killer. Yeah. So I did I did highlight that, but I'd have to pull it out to read no, the no, whole no, thing. No, it's fine. You don't have to. Okay. If you don't want to, but like. I, I did realize that was, yeah. Um, okay, so what is our first rating? How exciting. Martin, how exciting was it for you? I have five stars. With five being the best. <laughs> like, the most excitement. Like, and three being neutral, and then one, one being... <laughs> I would say four. Okay. I don't, I don't think anything about this book is particularly exciting. Mm-hmm. I think it's an easy read, and I think it's got a lot of interesting things to say, but I wouldn't, like, like, you've brought it up multiple times. There's yeah. not a lot of action that happens in the yeah. book. It's, it's, it it's just, not a thriller. it just sort of keeps going, and, and it's an easy read, and you can kind of keep just going with the book, and so yeah, no, I, I would say a four. It's, it's more exciting than, I would say, just, like, an average book, but not the most exciting thing I've ever read. Also, for context, for anyone who's picking up the boobs, that's Sarah Booping Drogo. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a cat. In case they don't know your cat's names. <laughs> Just gonna leave it at, you know, Sarah Booping. Sarah, what was your excitement level? I gave it a three. A three? Okay. So just neutral. Kim, what was your excitement level? What are we... Oh, excitement. Thank you. Um, I'll give it a four and a half. Oh. Yeah. So 4.5. You're really cugging those uh, point fives with Sarah now. Uh, yeah, I'm, I've, I've... Embraced them? <laughs> I've embraced it. That's good. Um... <laughs> I really like these type of, of books as far as like the political and, and mm-hmm. the and and I like uh, I mean I enjoyed it but yeah. I gave it a three because it wasn't like on the edge of the sea like Yeah. I, I, I didn't I had give no it... problem keep yeah. reading and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, I didn't give it a five because it did tell and not show. So I give it a three because I did not find it exciting. But like it wasn't I'm gonna change mine to three point five just so everybody knows I enjoyed it slightly more than <laughs> I I just like I read it. And I read it. That that's the level of the excitement is I, I read it. Sometimes sometimes you kinda of scream. I read it. <laughs> What's our next one? Uh, cat Ease of reading. Okay. Martin, what was your ease of reading? For me, or for just like readers? <laughs> you, you. For, for me? It's a five. It's the fact that I've read it so many times does help contribute to the fact that I find it a very easy read. Um, and I have also read way chunkier sci-fi than this that is way harder to get through. So, yeah, it's a five. It's easy. Okay. Sarah? I gave it a four. Okay. Um... Uh, I didn't even say your name yet. Kim. <laughs> uh, four. I gave it a one. I saw that. This out. was ease of reading? Yeah. Okay. She struggled getting into it, so it was hard to get through. It, it was, yeah, for me it was... You didn't want to throw it across the fucking room. The I know that's the overall I'll say, anyway. I'll say that. would be like exciting. Like, that would be the opposite. The, the, the of fact that she can't these. remember half the characters' names or like who's <laughs> yeah, who. Yeah, like, that's, I, that's a I good kind of, I know. I I I think our our uh, da da definitions. Thank you. Definitions of these things. Like I'm having a massive allergy attack at the moment, so I'm having a hard time. Jack. 
Um, I think those definitions change. Was it difficult to read? Yes. One sentence to the next was difficult to read. For me. I mean, if you have trouble, like... I know. Paying attention okay, to what again. you're reading. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's interesting to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, Remember, that's... she had to do diagonal reading. <laughs> no, it's like, I mean, I've always struggled on books that are theoretically easy, super easy prose, but I'm just not grabbing you, and so it's like... Okay, I, it just sometimes like, it sometimes we go straight prose. It's, it's a thank you for bringing that word into my no, brain. No, I did not find this prose ease of reading. It did not okay. make me. Okay. It was not easy to follow. It frustrated me. I mean, we we, we did hear my rant about the he thought thing. Um, <laughs> okay, it was a lot of telling and supposed showing, so I couldn't immerse myself into it. No, okay. this was not an easy read. I have conceded. Okay, <laughs> I Jesus, can, I can still express my point. For most people, this would be an easy read. Maybe not their first exposure. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is, you both said the first time you read it, it was difficult. I was yeah. in my teenage years. But Everything I read in my teenage years. Come to this book, and, I, I, and a lot of people with teenage, your teenage level of reading experience, will come into this book much later in life, and probably yeah. might still have a difficult. Yeah, reading. and so, and I can express that. Maybe when I, if I reread this in the future, it might I be easier. I am sorry I questioned your rating. No, I, I will never no. question again. I'm I will just say, I will explaining say, my rating. I just haven't had the chance to explain my rating. That's the biggest reason I asked you ease of reading for me versus ease of reading yeah. for people. Because, like, ease of reading for me, yeah, this is, this but is a you, this is your this was your fourth time reading it. Yeah, you know what to anticipate. Yeah. You can take your time, and, to, like, and chewing on those sentences and, even, and thinking about the concepts. Even beyond that, the first time reading through it, was a breeze, but again, I'm coming from much yeah. chunkier sci-fi. This is not chunky. This is not hard sci-fi. And this type of sci-fi always gives me trouble. It's the same reason why Cloud At Atlas Cliffs. No, sorry, the Cloud Roads. The cloud Roads. I would not classify that as necessarily an easy read. The higher level science fiction for a lot of people is not easy they're not easy recognized tropes necessarily concepts there's this weird combination of creating you have a hair floating <sighs> on your face um jesus sorry uh it, it it's not the fact that you just and don't take this wrong i loved cloud atlas atlas what is it what is it called cloud roads cloud roads it's holding water in my mouth so i couldn't <laughs> the fact that you just equated dune and cloud roads the cloud roads. The yeah. cloud I mean, roads. They're not similar the, at all. The, the, to, to similar to each other. But the level of writing, I would say, into them is is moderately. But it, I was just if you would let me finish my sentence, I was saying for some people, and I can recognize it, the higher level science fiction where you're you're asking people to really stretch their knowledge in concepts and politics and biology and all that kind of stuff isn't always easy or thrilling to focus in on. So for me, the ease was difficult with this because it wasn't something that my brain was wanting to tick through. Okay. So it was difficult. What is our next one, Sarah? <laughs> no reaction. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, what was your emotional reaction? I'll give it a five this time around. I would not have given it a five the first time I read it. Martin. Five. Okay. Sarah. Mine was a Okay. Um, I mean, that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. I did enjoy it quite a bit. I just, I never felt, like, emotional about the book um, or the characters or anyone, so that's why I gave it a three, although that sounds terrible. <laughs> I, it is true. <laughs> well, do 
give you a chance to change yourself. Because no, I change it in the middle of your sentence. <laughs> cut you off. I just gave it a three. Ah, oh, fuck me. Okay, three. Okay, well, five. if you're gonna give it a three, I'm gonna give it a five point five. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason for that is I I didn't hate reading it. Are you sure? Because I know, I, I know what you've talked about thus far. I think most of what she's talking about is her defending her points against us, yeah. and it's not necessarily her strong reaction to the book, rather yeah. than just her strong reaction to us well, she didn't reacting strongly. Like in the book, and she didn't like... <laughs> no, like I, I, said I, I said I struggled with those concepts in trying to figure out where the author was coming from it. It didn't make me hate the book. It didn't make me love the book. I was strongly neutral for most of the book. It was something I was reading. I could see the value for it in literature. But it didn't elicit an emotional reaction. I never had a connection with any of the characters. But I never like was like, oh, god damn you, Paul, why would you do that? It was just like, okay, Paul did that thing. Um, so it was neutrality. I now want to qualify my rating. Okay. Because the book itself... If it were in a vacuum, mm -hmm. I don't think it's an emotional, but I think it's written to not be emotional. Mm -hmm. um, when I look at this book and apply it to society, that's when I get a, a, a fantastic reaction to it. Because it's like, shit, this guy was writing this in 1965. And he is projecting forward to the life we're living right now. And so for me, I'm like, well, yeah, that's standard for science fiction. So even then, it doesn't... Like, when I look at that, I'm not... That's standard for science fiction. He's the one that started it. <laughs> I just... I can't just keep spinning I, around on this. No, no, I know. But, like, I read Fahrenheit 451, Brave New World. Like... Those are dystopians, but anyway. It's dystopian science fiction. It is. It is science fiction, but it's dystopian. This is clearly not dystopian. I'm not saying it's dystopian. I'm saying that, for me, having a reaction at the societal view feels standard. It, this doesn't like it, it's I don't know it's neutral I don't hate it I recognize that it has value but I'm like yeah that science fiction should elicit that response from you if it's not then it's not good science fiction my only counterpoint to that and I agree with yeah. both of where you guys are coming from <laughs> is I would say that that explicit being able to project that far ahead and having that emotional reaction to, oh my god, this is predicting X, Y, and Z. I would say that's not standard for good science fiction. I would say that's standard for truly great science fiction. A lot of good science fiction, like another book I read recently, I was on the podcast for it, Dead Silence. That's really good. Yeah. Is it doing anything amazing as far as like predicting society and all that? Well, it's not a soft science. But hard science does this too. No, right, Soft science does this. It really like all like dystopians, post-apocalyptics, all of these, all of these different forms of science Sorry, fiction. I'm trying to jab into everyone because they've been yeah. jabbing into me. But no, but but, but I'm trying to get your back on a lot of this. <laughs> but like that's that's. But like yep. that's that's indicative of truly great science. And so I think you just helped us encapsulate encapsulate what both of us are trying to yeah. say. Yeah. As far as this is concerned. But yes, this this one goes above and beyond. And I again, if I maybe if I read this in my teens, different response to it. Having read other science fiction first, whether those science fictions were influenced by it or not, I'd have to look at like timelines and placement and like what types of science fiction and I just we don't need that breakdown for me. 
Um, it's expected. I expected that. So it doesn't make it emotionally investing when it's my expectation going into it that it will have that kind of commentary. Yeah, it feels standard. I would, I would say that the biggest thing that I see you having trouble with is that there have been other more modern, truly great science fiction novels that don't have some of these problems of like telling, you know, telling not showing, misogyny, uh, white savior tropes. There have been a lot of other really truly great science fiction novels. So if you don't catch this early enough, it might not have that same. And I can recognize. Reaction. The, the big fallacy for me is the telling, not showing. I couldn't, yeah. I'm not, Fair enough. when there's no emotional connection, I'm not going to feel that impact. I, someone, I was aware during my yeah. entire reading, I'm being told, I'm not yeah. being shown. Yeah. And, and, and it was, this reading, I was, I was like, but I'm not going to eliminate what I really love. And, yeah. and I, I do and really enjoy this book, so of, I was going to let the, go of it. One of the things that I think that, that where we're having this disconnect in this entire conversation, for me specifically, is... And I've said this multiple times throughout both episodes is I came from some really classic chunky sci-fi mm-hmm. and no early sci-fi author is, is showing not tell like they, it's all like you're it's the writing style. It's the writing style. It's just the writing style of the era. It, it, it... Well, so, okay. One of my favorite science fiction authors is H.G. Wells. Yep. And that is telling. However, if you were to put this next to any of H.G. Wells, it's a thick yeah. telling. Yeah. It is a thick yeah. telling. It's a slog. It's a slog if you're not ready um, for it. And so, again, it's just like, I prefer H.G. Wells. And that's because there's similar tellings and examinations and but considerations. All of are significant but they're shorter, almost novella. Yeah, I mean, you think of like uh, The Time Machine. It, it, it's not. It's super short. short. Super, yeah. super short. It's such a good story. It's a really good story, but like, <laughs> oh. it's over in like, like, Maybe 400 pages. Yeah. But he was a master of a short story. Yeah. Short stories are really hard to write. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, it's like... So there's a difference. Yeah. yeah there's I, a difference. I, yeah. It just... For you, it, for you, it just didn't work. For you, yeah. it just didn't work. So can I, can I go to something? Because mm-hmm. um, you guys, we brought up quotes and we talk about fear is the mind killer. And, and so I've been sitting here before we yeah. started our little discussion here. Um, I was wondering what the source was fear for, is the mind killer. Mm-hmm. Because I've heard it in other things, particularly sci-fi. Mm-hmm. TV shows, whatever, it is original from him. Yeah, he he in that he invented this this. Mm-hmm. So fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past me, I will turn to see fear's path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. And that's. And so, for all of you Star Wars fans, you're welcome. <laughs> yes, exactly. In Star Wars, Star Trek. Yep. Because, I mean, Spock. Yep. It, it, You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was like, which one came first? And because the first thing is, I was like, yeah, that's no, very much No, no, that's what I looked at. 1977 is, yeah, is yeah, Star yeah. Wars. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah, it clearly mm-hmm. was an inspiration for yeah. and, what, you and, know, uh, what is it? And particularly in Phantom Menace, they yeah. do it. Um, oh, yeah. Pro- you know what I'm talking about. There was a promo where it was like, Yoda says it at yeah. some point. Um, but, I mean, that's that's the big draw away from Dune. If Even if you don't like the book, even if you... Don't want to read it. You should give it one shot. If you don't get through it, that's fine. But just be aware of how much Frank Herbert and Dune brought to science fiction. And how much of, like, the Mentats, Fears the Mind Killer. Like, all of these different concepts have just permeated so thoroughly throughout science fiction that some of the stuff you're not even going to recognize came from Dune. Because it's just 
so prevalent in everything. Or at this point, you don't need to read it. Or you don't need to read it. And that's fine too. And that's fine too. Like you've read it. Yeah, and that's totally fine too. But like Dune, Herbert came up with a lot of this stuff. Invented it. Invented it. Which is which is where it goes back to. We had this conversation last episode of like, is golden era sci-fi the right term for it? And ultimately, golden era sci-fi doesn't mean it's the best sci-fi. It means it is what cemented the tropes. It's not the yeah. first sci-fi. Nope. And it's not the best sci-fi, but a lot of the common tropes in sci-fi were cemented in the golden era. It's a, it's a jumping off point. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's where there was the a lot of science blossoming writing. of yeah. science And where fiction. all of our science fiction writers now have derived. come from. They, and yeah. they comment on, and they rework, and they look at, and critique, and, and challenge. And, challenge. Yep. and that's, that there, it, a lot of science fiction looks at the golden era and goes, okay, what worked, what didn't work, what needs to be improved. Okay, so now, for you three who loved this, if someone is looking for more like Dune, what is the one book you would recommend to read next? Like Dune, Foundation. Foundation, okay. Martin? See, I disagree on Foundation. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're both they're both very good. I, I would say... Do you want to think on it? I can ask Sarah. Don't ask me. I don't have an answer. So, Sarah doesn't have so, an answer, so it's on you. So what I would say is, is like Dune, not in the sense of it's a similar story, similar concepts, similar writing style, none of that. It, 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 it is a, a, a progenesis of a style of science fiction. And it's one of my favorite ever books. Uh, it is called A Canticle for Lebowitz, and it is the origin behind uh, apocalyptic science fiction. It's the first one ever written, and it is a brilliant book. Like, a Say the title one more time. A Canticle for Lebowitz. And who is it by? Uh, it is written by... Do you remember? Do I need to look it up? <laughs> the look of panic. Oh, it is... Oh, God, I have his... His, his, his name Canticle. is right in the top of my head. You said Canticle. A Canticle for Lebowitz. Lebowitz. Walter M. Miller Jr. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant book. So that's what Martin recommends. Now, if you are like me and you have looked at Dune and it just Don't is not... recommend Red Rising. <laughs> recommend whatever book you I'm would sorry. like. I'm sorry. Recommend whatever you like. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I was going to recommend <laughs> Red Rising um, in the sense of if you're looking for a political science fiction but you need yours to be more action driven more character driven um with that potential wide space opera scope i do recommend red rising um just the first trilogy you don't need to go into the second trilogy it's cool. i love it sarah does not it is definitely much more of a chewing kind of read that yeah it, it depends on how you feel about particular characters if you're not Hold out for that. Huh? You shouldn't chew on your books. Oh, I know. Um, but yeah, if, if if Dune isn't quite hitting it for you, but you would like to attempt a science fiction and you need something that's a little bit easier, I would actually recommend Red Rising. So, any last words? Well, we didn't do our final ratings. Oh, God, we didn't. We skipped right past that, yeah. We got really into <laughs> that last previous rating. And, <laughs> and you all went on your tangents. <laughs> okay, Sarah, what is your overall rating? Uh, four and a half. Kim, five. Martin. Oh. 
four. Okay. You gave it a lower score than Dead Silence. Different type of literature I know more. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. It, it, I am holding Dune to a higher standard than I would hold. Dead Silence. Dead Silence. So purely off of how I would rate Dune versus other books that I would hold to the same caliber as Dune. I wish you'd have read Luminous Dead. It would be a four for me. Sorry, it, random thought. I love the book. It's really good. Uh, I gave it a three. It's neutral. I, I like, as much as it sounds like I absolutely loathed it in these last few hours, I, I don't loathe it. I just ended up being the only one who didn't adore it. <laughs> so that put me on the, like, antagonistic side of this conversation. Um, but it was a, a three for me. And so, on that note... Our intro and outro music is by Grant Newman and is called The Battle of the Nile from Epidemic Sound. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to Book Pile Banter on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, or whichever platform you listen to your podcast. We'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms such as Instagram or TikTok. You can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter. You can also email us at bookpilebanter at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you.